Hey, welcome to the Sunny and Emmy show with your hosts, Sunny. Hi, my name is Emmy. <laughs> that was like the most foreign introduction. Hi, my name is Emmy. Can you Hi, donate? my name is Emmy. <laughs> In case you don't know, we're a topical weekly political news pop culture podcast that basically just reviews what happened in the past seven days. So a lot has happened this week. None of it that pressing, but some of it pretty funny and exciting. How's your week been, Em? So my week has been great. Uh, it was a very fast week. I keep saying fast, but uh, it was a great week. It's a UN... you're like you're like running out of breath as you're talking. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> so it's clearly been very fast for you. I'm such a mouth breather. <laughs> Yeah. No, so the UN is happening or what was happening in 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 New York City. The UN were were meeting. So it's been crazy. Uh the streets in Manhattan were all packed, were all jammed, so it was not a good time to take oh, an wow. Uber. That's like the uh, worst place to have a world conference is like in the busiest part of the world because now you're just even that much busier. Yeah, and you know they they block a lot of you know uh streets and uh, a lot of delays. Whose bright idea was that? Your dumbass mayor? Probably. But the funniest thing is that you know we have this Im- immigrant. I don't actually hate him. <laughs> no, I I don't like him. But we have this immigrant situation going on um, in New York City, and Biden didn't meet with Mayor Adams. I'm like, ah, like the shade. <laughs> what What does that What does that indicate? So I, it, it seems like Biden wants the cities uh to take control of this uh immigrant situation right okay so and obviously so he just mayor... gave he gave mayor adams the metaphorical side eye being like yo kind of and handle it you know, man up <laughs> well it's funny because mayor adams i talked about it on the last episode so i'm gonna try not to get into it today but he sucks he wants to be a hollywood celebrity and I feel like Biden is not like, all right, Mr. Mayor, you want to be a mayor? You handle this shit, you know? Oh, wow. Papa Biden. He's Papa giving baby Adams the cold shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but other than that, uh, I just came back from a run not too long ago. I fed. Well, hold on. Cats. I'm not done with this. Why? What? So they, they bring the U.S. <laughs> Sorry, bro. But you jumped in, you're jumping too fast. Um <laughs> <laughs> but so the the UN there's a conference every year and they hold it at a, at a different place in the world or what? I'm not sure if it's every year it's if it's every year or it's uh semi annually, but I know that it for sure happens uh at least once a year in New York City. Uh, but it also happens in multiple parts of the world. But in New York City, they always have a UN meet meeting. I just love the idea that like there are the other nations like india and china and some of those other nations are creating like an anti-league to the mm-hmm. un aren't they it's kind of like the avengers and the avengers is like about to meet like their the group of enemies <laughs> or something <laughs> that's what i'm saying because like i'm american so we have to associate ourselves with the good guys so like to me it's like the, <laughs> so to me it's like the eastern like villains <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, well you know that they, they're coming up with bricks it, i think it's bricks and i don't know if, they, if it's gonna be the actual name UN versus bricks, bricks. but <laughs> they're they're forming an alliance uh yeah between a few and countries is, so it's, it's this a, is it's, like mermaid man and barnacle boy versus <laughs> <laughs> like the stingray or whatever <laughs> his name was. so the bricks is brazil russia india china and south africa uh so 
it was actually, it was actually funded a lo- longer than I thought. I thought it was, I thought it, was, it just happened. But as of 2023, there's five countries. Um, mm. And from the last I read, I could be wrong, but I know that they're trying to come up with their own currency uh, so they don't oh, have wow. to use the US dollar to trade anymore. So oh, wow. that's fired. They always did that. You know, they always did that in the old superhero shows where like, there would be an episode or a few episodes where all the villains would get together and create a posse. And yeah, I think that's what yeah. we're seeing. <laughs> I think that's what we're seeing here. So, Sonny, how was how was your week? How it was good? Any, anything um, new? No, not particularly. I've been rehearsing for a production. I'm in. I'm in and producing Richard the Third. Okay. Um, co-producing that. My friend Ben, who's been a guest on the show in the past, he's a conspiracy theorist, but he's also yes. a Shakespeare director. <laughs> oh, he's actually I... a pretty good Shakespeare director. What? Um, so yeah, he's he's directing it. Ben is our unofficial resident conspiracy theorist that we are yeah. going to have on the show in the future. Slash Shakespeare director. Slash Shakespeare director. So Ben, if you're listening to this, shout out. Shout out to Ben. Um, so I've been rehearsing, I've been doing dances, I've already and I'd plugged. never seen anything like this in my life. It was a suit shop high end on Ventura Boulevard in Encino, and it said suits made only for men five, eight and under. I was like, <laughs> damn, like they're really repping the little kings out of here. So I immediately sent it to you because I thought that might, you know, resonate, resonate? with you. Okay. <laughs> First of all. Aren't it you does. like five three? <laughs> okay, okay, three things. Okay. First thing, I'm five five, five six on Bumble and Hinge. Okay, okay. Second, let's not call it little kings. Let's call it short kings. <laughs> I thought that. I'm sorry. I thought I was being politically correct. I thought the political correct term was little kings. <laughs> little kings makes it seem like I'm a midget. <laughs> I thought that was the politically sensitive term. Once they call you a little king. And third of all, how tall are you? I'm not that tall. I'm average height. I'm 5'10 and a half. 5'10 is average? Yeah, 5'10 is average. Did you hear about this missing jet plane? No, I did not. First of all, I have I have a tracker for my wallet, right? Mm-hmm. My my ID and my debit card, my credit card, all a total of like $20 altogether. Mm-hmm. How does how does a military jet plane go missing now the f-35 is one of the world's most advanced fighter jets right mm-hmm. and its technology ironically uh it's made so it can be uh traced by radar interesting and on sunday the marine corps announced that one of its uh fight like jets had gone missing after the pilot ejected out of south in south carolina uh, oh, i wow. guess the, the jet plane continued to fly and officials couldn't track it that's crazy. And they had to go online and on social media asking, have you seen this this jet plane? <laughs> and I'm like, they put up flyers on telephone poles. <laughs> like missing <laughs> fighter jet plane. But yeah, I guess on 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 Monday, this past Monday, uh they did find debris. Uh so mm-hmm. it's safe to assume that this jet plane just crashed but without a pilot but isn't that ironic (laughs) i mean that's a hazard too because who knows where it could have crashed it could have hurt some it could have crashed into a city that's what i'm saying and probably not right because they they probably program its coordinates to not 
I guess that's true, right? Like, I guess they yeah. have to, but I, I guess they have like different areas where they're testing it. But right, right. So it sounds like the, the it sounds like the pilot, like the controls got jammed or something, and it just wasn't responding. So he was like, "I just got a jet." Yeah, I got a jet. So he just like, you know, he jumped out, and then the thing just kept flying until it ran out of gas and died. Right? He's like, "Peace out." He's like, "Peace out." Ace down down. <laughs> that's crazy well i mean it, it, it goes to show that they've got some good technology on their hands they couldn't find right. it <laughs> i just find that so funny and i don't know like but it was like it was such like a light thing like people were like oh by the way a jet plane just went missing if you know you remember that jet it. plane that went missing in malaysia a plane as a boeing no not jet plane. yeah the, the plane that's so a commercial creepy. plane yeah, yeah and all the people all the folks went missing too that to me is we need ben for that but we need ben for that one that's a ben, <laughs> we need ben for that one we <laughs> that that is still crazy to me uh I, I mean just flying alone uh you know i'm not sure how what the chances of, of people dying are but mm-hmm. that is crazy i mean far less than dying from diabetes yeah, that is—that's for sure. <laughs> no, that's a, I'm gonna try to be morbid. It's just—you you see those posters, right? The posters that say—that's like your chances of getting bitten by a shark are like one hundredth uh, uh, to compared to those of getting dying of diabetes. They're like diabetes PSAs. <laughs> <laughs> sh- I feel like places in Europe will probably have that, like in McDonald's and stuff. Yeah, they should. As they should, you know, that those little Big Macs, they they'll kill you. No, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's crazy because it's like the older I get, the more I'm starting to fuck with fate. Are we allowed to say that on the show? The F word is this like a PG thirteen well, situation? I or? put I when I'm uploading it to online, I put explicit. So okay, okay, cool. Well, all I was trying to say was the older I get, the more I'm starting to not believe the hype when it comes to like every the whole everything will kill you narrative. Because the people that right. live to be 100, some of them, yes, they're like, I have a fish diet and I exercise every day and I follow the philosophy of Ikigai. I stay busy all the time and I love my life and it's this big hoopla, right? But then there is a huge majority, there's a huge proportion of old folks in their hundreds that are like, no, I smoke cigars every day. I drink liquor. I eat pizza. You know, <laughs> I love and you always see like different articles or posts about like, we asked this woman, what is the secret to life? And she's like, I drink Dr. Pepper every day. Every day. <laughs> exactly. I drink one Dr. Pepper a day. <laughs> and you're like, OK. And, and they're always like, and stay away from men. Right, right, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I, I'm okay. I'm a, I'm somewhere in between. You know, I like to have a good time, but I you're a, you're a healthy person. Yeah, I'm a healthy person, but yeah. I like to fuck shit up sometimes. You know. Yeah. I I I get stone fire grill three days in a row, last week. Okay, that's not that bad. I mean, it's pure carbs. It's just pasta and bread. But you also like work out intensively. Yeah, but like that was my that was my binge. You know, like right. I, like. I like went hard on that stone fire, like a fiend. Yeah, I feel like it could be like, I feel like if it was like McDonald's, like Super Size Me, that documentary. You know, me and a few friends of mine when we were younger, we tried, we we uh, we were gonna play this game. We only made it to two drive-throughs, but we were gonna say, okay, you go to a McDonald's drive-through, you order a meal, 
and then you have until the drive to the next McDonald's drive-through to finish that meal. And then you have oh. to buy another meal and eat that until the next McDonald's drive-through. And the first one to throw up loses. We only made it to two. <laughs> okay, that is disgusting. And it sounds like the most like American first world problem. Like We had a good time. We had a good time. <laughs> yeah, it was a little silly. But speaking of silly, this week, Australian journalist Kirsten Drysdale tested naming regulations by submitting her third son's name as methamphetamine rules <laughs> to the new south wales births deaths and marriage re marriages registry surprisingly the unusual name was initially approved causing a stir the registry admitted the name had slipped through the cracks and they would work uh, with the family to change it but the original name would remain on the register drysdale had considered other outrageous names like nang's rules but chose methamphetamine rules assuming it would be rejected Naming rules in Australia prohibit offensive names, names over 50 characters, names with symbols or official titles like princess, queen, or goddess. So you can't name your um, son Little King, Emmy. <laughs> Short King? What about Short King? You can't, you can't name him Short King Jr. <laughs> maybe, maybe if I name him Tall King, he'll be tall. No, you can't. You can't, you can't have King in the title. You can't have what a if title. I put, what if it's king but instead of the eye it's an exclamation mark oh that's something worth experimenting with but it can't yeah. it can't it's it's not supposed to be tall king short king little king little lord uh <laughs> short god anything so, like no, that. <laughs> so no king no king out there i do gotta she say had a lot of time on her hands and she really rolled the dice with her own child which i appreciate <laughs> her kid is probably like what the fuck mom <laughs> He's like methamphetamine rules. rules. I mean, was she do do we know anything about her, Kristen? Was she a crackhead or no? She's again, she was just a journalist. She's just a journalist from Australia that, like you said, she has a, a lot of time. <laughs> no. She's got a lot of time on her hands. <laughs> she has a lot of times on her hands. And you know what? I don't think crackheads have a lot of times on their hands. You're right. They got <laughs> bills to pay. <laughs> no, they do. But you know what? Um I just love how Australian this is. I feel like this is news that you expect to come out of Australia. I will say I love Aboriginal Australian culture. I think it's so cool. I've never really met an Australian. Um, and I, I like an never Aboriginal really... Australian folks? Yeah. I, so I really know my, my mom was telling me that her uncle or her brother uh, was in a band when they were younger. And my they lived in a family household in, in San Fernando Valley. And I guess that one of the band members or one of my uncle's friends, rather, he was this kind of seedy guy and he had gone to Australia and met this Aboriginal woman and like tried to woo her and was like, come back to America with me. We'll get married, this, that and the other. And so she did it. She she flew to America to San Fernando Valley, essentially. And then he basically ghosted her once she got here. So she was just like piss out of luck, didn't really have any connections out here, didn't really know what to do. So she lived at my grandparents' house for like a year. So we had like a foreign exchange Aboriginal folk living with wow. us. That yeah, must for be like a year. He was probably like uh <clears throat> like kind of like joking or not joking, kind of like those things like, Oh yeah, come come move with me, like from Australia. I think like, he just was just like, one of those like womanizer type of people, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, a little story time. But, so there's no more Senate dress code. There's no more oh, formalities man. in the Senate, which is interesting because we're in 2023 and we're seeing a sort of shift, a cultural shift. 
now folks are going to be, you know, these old white men are going to be coming dressing like, you know, young white girls in their hoodies and sweats and, and slides. <laughs> and their, their pumpkin spice latte. Their pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> They're going to be coming in with their slides, their Adidas slides, their hoodies, pumpkin spice lattes. They're like, they're like, they're running late. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm running late with their pumpkin all, spice latte. All their keys in their hand. <laughs> their yeah. key cell phone and pumpkin spice latte <laughs> in one hand. <laughs> all these new good individual motherfuckers. <laughs> So the U.S. Senate will no longer enforce its informal dress code for decades. The Senate has had an unwritten dress code that required senators to wear formal attire on the dance the dance floor on the Senate floor. <laughs> <laughs> to get around that, some senators voted from the edge of the Senate floor. I don't know what that means. I think it means they like protested or something. I'm not really understanding. Several senators, including John Fetterman, DPA, Democrat Pennsylvania, is that what that stands for? Yes. John, John Fetterman, which sounds like a movie star, have challenged the informal dress code. Fetterman often wears baggy clothes and votes in them from the edge of the floor. On Monday, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat New York, which also sounds like an actor. These these got some good names. Uh, announced, yeah, announced that the Senate would drop the dress code. So it's a fashion show now, which I'm all about. Honestly, I, I, I kind too. of... I feel like it's kind of cool, like some sort of intersectionality between fashion and functionality and politics. Have you seen? Uh, I'm a huge um, fan. Have you seen John Fetterman? Like he like literally just goes on like baggy jeans, uh, baggy shorts, and a hoodie. And it, you know what, dude? If you're just there to to get your job done, I don't care what you're wearing. Just get the get the job done. You know. He looks like a UFC fighter, or he's been in a death metal band. He looks terrifying. Yeah, unfortunately, he's he's had some health complications and was in the hospital not too long ago for a heart attack. Uh, but he played a huge role in the last election because of him. Uh, you know, we really needed. Well, <clears throat> sorry, I said we. The Democrats. Your, really your voice needed, is all breaking up. You like love this guy, don't you? You're like because of him. <laughs> the Democrat. The, the Democrats really needed needed him to win Pennsylvania, and he did. Okay. Like literally, he was just had a heart attack and he won Pennsylvania, oh, wow. but they, they finally were able to, to, to take over Pennsylvania Democrats. So, Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But, I'm into it. I don't really yeah. care about this guy. Um, I'm not a fanboy like you are. I appreciate that you are. Um, um, however, I will say I love fashion and I hope that we see some interesting looks on the Senate floor. I do too. I, I, I like it. I, I like, uh, I like getting dressed up to, well, I was going to say getting dressed up to work, but since I'm not a banker client facing anymore, I don't, I don't have to dress up, you know, in mm -hmm. fancy ties and, and suits. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, uh, talking about fashion and I guess fashion is art. Um, uh, this, when I saw this online i thought it was hilarious and i really wanted to see what you think but yeah. danish danish artist uh jens hannings he borrowed roughly seventy six thousand dollars from the Kunsten museum of modern arts in alberg in uh holland to create updated artworks but instead sent two empty frames titled take the money and run uh i guess after almost two years of legal proceedings a copenhagen court ruled that hannigan must repay nearly all of the borrowed money. Hanning defended his actions, claiming it was a commentary on low wage and part of the artwork itself. The court actually found Hanning in breach of his contract with the museum and dismissed his counterclaim of copyright in fragments 
he was also ordered to pay all legal costs. <laughs> mm. What you do you know, think, Gal? Uh, look, I'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for this, but I've, there's a lot of museums here and so in LA. Sometimes there's stuff that it's on display that I'm like, maybe I am, you know, uncultured pig that can't read art correctly. But sometimes, like, I, I went to this museum in Beacon, New York, and the display was just a typewriter on the floor. And then people mm. were around it, like, wow, a typewriter on the everybody's floor. Like, everybody's like jacking up around it. <laughs> like, dude. Or like, there, there was this one case that. Sorry, it's so inappropriate. I'm sorry. There was this one case that someone accidentally or something like someone dropped like a piece of paper or something on the floor and people thought it was part of a display and they were all taking pictures and they're like oh my god this is so uh it's so inspirational and and arts and to me i'm like come on so i think this is pretty funny that you know because i guess you could take a blank canvas of white uh, as an art form but i don't know i think it's hilarious what, what I'm an think? artist. I'm an artist. And this makes my brain overheat. I hate shit like this with a burning passion. I think there is room for it when there's a lot of labor and work and thought and heart put into it. I think there are instances where minimalism and weird sort of coincidental, you know, displays are effective. I think sometimes you can tell a story with, you know, a shopping cart hanging upside down from a ceiling, you know, mm -hmm. I think there are cases where that is effective and you can see that there have been layers of industry and thought, like I said, and craft um, layered into that. But I think the majority of it is just fucking Instagram bullshit that I hate. And it's not, it, it's we've had it since before Instagram, but I think that's yeah. the perfect way to describe it. You know, yeah, I yeah, totally agree. It's it's there's a lot of things right now made really for for social media posts, like that stupid uh, museum of ice cream. I'm sorry for anyone who was gone <laughs> to the museum of ice cream, but somebody's yeah. crying with that ice cream cone in their hand. <laughs> well, it's it's supposed to be like every part is supposed to be like very Instagrammable, you know. Yeah. So Which I mean, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. For me, I, like I not to be like not to disagree with your what you're saying, but mm -hmm. I am disagreeing with what you're saying. I don't mind it. Because mm -hmm. that's what it's made for. It's not right. high art. It's an Instagram photo op. And that's cool. Like, I don't have any issue with that, you know? But it's when these, like, esteemed art museums are curating this nonsense, yeah. you know? And it's just so elitist. <laughs> and it's so, it's so like, Western, European, colonial, like, right. avant-garde forefront of art. And it's just garbage. It's just garbage, you know? And this, this I actually read about this. I don't. What do you think before I say anything? Do you think that this was like a badass move or do you think he's a dick? What do you think? I think he kind of tried to pull like a Banksy and the museum mm -hmm. was like, not happening. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm sure like they wanted him to have something else. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think it's petty from both sides, but that's also a lot of money. So it's he actually not that petty i want to say because like what you would you believe me if i told you that the museum actually liked the stunt like they actually thought it was it was clever and it was effective artistically i would believe you if, if he didn't have to if he didn't borrow seventy six thousand dollars for it no that's what that's the thing about this whole situation that's why i'm not like i'm reluctant to put any actual anger or or resentment into this because it was all kind of done, according to what I read, it was all kind of done in good faith. Like everybody's kind of laughing, you know, 
And right. we all kind of know that we're going to run it through the court system. And if the courts rule in my favor, I keep the money. If the courts rule in your favor, you keep the money. But while this was happening, um, the curator for the museum or one of the presidents or somebody, one of the heads of the museum was like, oh, I actually think this is like, obviously we were annoyed at first, but I actually think this is kind of funny. And I actually think this does make a good point, And I think it's effective. However, our budget is tight and we lent him this money for an explicit purpose. Okay. And the contract delineated that he was supposed to pay us back. And yeah. we just can't afford to lose that money. So we need to pursue you know, we need to pursue the the retrieval of it, essentially. So it was like kind of lighthearted. And the whole time the the artist himself was kind of holding out and, you know, and making a statement. So the way it all began was that he had had a few exhibits in the past where he had something like a glass box filled with a year's wages for a certain employee, for a certain demographic of employee, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it was a year's wage, something like that. Okay. Um, so it, it was supposed to be a visual representation of your year's worth of labor or energy investment yeah. converted into cash, right? right? So they had seen that. He had done that in two separate occasions with two different focuses, and they wanted that for their museum. So they said, here's the thing. We're going to give you X amount of dollars in labor for yourself, we're going to give you the $76,000 you need for the piece, and we're going to give you um, a certain amount of money to buy the glass box or whatever, right? And you're going to do the same thing at our at our museum. And that was the deal. They, yeah. they wrote it in a contract. They gave him the money they said they would give him. And then after the fact, he started to rationalize and be like, oh, I accepted this contract. However, I'm losing money in this contract because of how much it costs for me to live, of how much it costs for my effort, of how much it costs for me to curate the materials. So he entered into this contract in good faith with the terms set as such. And then after that, decided that he wasn't getting paid enough. He was losing money. Therefore, he was going to flip it and create a stunt whereby he kept the money and didn't actually execute the blueprints that that he had promised. I think okay. that's really, yeah. I think like if they were all in on the joke to an extent and we all kind of knew that eventually he'd have to give it back, fine, whatever, it was good press for the museum. But if this was all done in earnest, if this was all done with like in all seriousness, I think that's a pretty shitty, sneaky, slimy way to go about it. Anything. From from the museum's side? No, from the artist's from, side. From the artist's side. From the yeah. artist's side. You you agreed. You went into this contract. You said, this is what I'm yeah. going to deliver. This is what they expected. And then you flipped the whole narrative so that you can pocket the money. You know? And it's like, that's so lame. I uh, from I see it as, you know, I think he defrauded them. You know? Right. In, in a way. But I just don't even think it's funny. I don't think it's clever. I think it's basically like me saying... Okay, the to me it's like the most petty way you could do fraud somebody. It's me saying, Emmy, if you give me twenty dollars, I'm going to edit this episode. And then you give me the twenty dollars, and I say, No, I'm just keeping the twenty dollars. I'm not editing the episode. It's basically there's no yeah, like cleverness to that. There's no, no there's no arc, you know, there's not like, oh, that was witty. <laughs> like that's just shitty. Well, what, do you, what do you think of uh do you remember that time that there was an auction for one of Banks's artwork? Right. right. And the auctioners, I don't know if you've seen like the auction uh, room, like people are on phones making calls like to whoever yes, is trying yeah. to buy it. And then this 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 artwork, this paint out of nowhere starts moving and then it starts right. shredding. It starts shredding itself. Right. And it had just sold for millions of dollars. And everyone's like, oh, 
But then the catch is that after it was shredded, it sold for something like five times that. It was a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it was something like it sold for. I I'm making this up. Don't quote me, but it sold for two and a half million, and then it got shredded and sold for seventeen million. Right. Like, no, I I see that. But also, like that's Banksy, you know. <laughs> like I haven't heard of this. It's guy. like look at these people, these Banksies, these Shen's Hauntings. They're like supposed to be these artistic Robin Hoods, but they're like white guys that you know that are part of that whole machine. Or is this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Check, you're checking if he's white. <laughs> I I really am. I actually really am. No, I I think that's important. You know, yeah, because absolutely. it's like Banksy. He he has this whole enter. He has this whole high art empire that's built yeah. off of like street art like that was developed by people of color and i'm sure he's just some white guy from england you know yeah. same with this jen's honey it's like they're you're not really like the hero you're just kind of a crook in my opinion i just feel like behind in in front of and behind supporting all artists there should be integrity above all else no matter how much you think that you're a victim to the society to the system like you have it within you to that's the that's the conservative capitalist in me which very much is a real thing um but i just believe in hard work industry honesty transparency you know absolutely if you're suffering and you're going to lose money on this contract don't take the contract you're a grown ass man especially especially if you want to make a point of not having enough wages exactly i don't know anyway uh biden takes on gun violence he established a new White House office for gun violence pre prevention, which is basically just a club. <laughs> <I'm concerned. laughs> it's basically just he started a Facebook group. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Sorry. I feel like I'm like all angry now. This got me angry. <laughs> what? No, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't emphasize it, and then I hate that like all the art community would be like, "Oh, it really affected you." See, it's it's got it it did its thing. No, there are people like I, I I'm sorry. I know that Hayao Miyazaki is like a tyrant, and and he's also a dictator, and there are a hundred bad things to say about him. But this man is like ninety. He's like almost ninety years old, and he's going into work every day for fifteen hours a day to create these masterpiece animations. Like to me, that's that's what an artist yes. does. Uh, An artist gives yes. themselves to their art. You've got Martha Argerich, who's in her 80s, who does concerts around the world every day. You know, to mm -hmm. me, that's the prestige. That's what the art community should be looking at. High art, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Instead, we got these dopes that we have to sit here and waste our time with. <laughs> I love how you started this segment with, you know what? I'm not going to get angry about this. <laughs> you just finished like, I got fuck these guys because i'm in i'm an artist so it's like you know you have people it devalues it devalues the market that's why that's why this is such a i'm sorry i'm like going in on this that's why this is such an all or nothing market that's why you've got everybody beholden to these corporations that's why you've got the strikes going on with dizzy right now everybody's putting all of their chips into the museum curating their thing being the next big thing being at the on the front page nobody's actually putting in the 15 hours a day it requires to be a true artistic legend i mean and they are they are because you know people like miyazaki and argerich and sondheim and you know uh kanye or any any of these like esteemed uh industry artists they um they are millionaires but they're mm -hmm. at the bot they're not they're not i don't know I don't know. No, I, I, yeah, it's not, it's not like this guy and it's not like this Danish guy. It's not like this, yeah. this Banksy thing, you know, and I liked Banksy and I think Banksy has done a mm -hmm. lot of work. Um, but I just don't know why the society has put his work 
on a pedestal. And, that, and that's the thing. I, I think if he, if he was really, I'm, again, I don't know. I don't know if this guy secretly donates his money or whatever, but you're right. Banksy does, you know, he does make it's the money. It's uh, an appropriator. Of, of, of street art, right? Yeah. So now that he knows and a lot of white, I mean, and that's not to say like street art is just for people of color because like Shepard Ferry, the Obey right. guy, he's a white guy who's who has a history of, you know, he and the thing about street art is like they put themselves on the line. There was a period where they were doing it illegally, where they could have been in prison for a long time if they were caught. So like they've done the work. But again, it's like you're always keeping an eye open for the exact uh, person that they're putting up to those heights. And it's I, usually I, the yeah. white guy. I do want to see, you know, how much Banks is really making off, you know, of his art. Because if mm -hmm. this art is selling for millions and millions of dollars, why isn't he helping promote, you know, up and coming artists or artists who, you know, like people yeah, of color which he may or, be. or artists? Which, yeah, like again, said, we don't know. He may He's be. anonymous. He may be. We don't yeah. know. Yeah. I'm, yeah. On the one hand, there's the race issue, but I also don't want to exhaust people with that because I know that can be a very emotionally draining topic. On the other hand, there's just the like laziness variable, like I said, and that's something yeah. I'm more comfortable fighting over, which okay. is like, yeah. you know, if you're going to put in all of those hours to master your craft, then I want to hear about you. If you're just fucking pulling dumb stunts I don't. and not being yeah. a person of your word, I don't care. No, well, I, I do care. I'm angry at you. I do care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to start crying. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the office that President Joe Biden is establishing in the White House to prevent gun violence will be overseen by President Vice President Kamala Harris, who has a lot of experience putting young people in prison. So that'll be so great for her. She has, you know, some experience uh, putting, yeah. <clears throat> and will work with local authorities to pass gun safety legislation at the state level. So Biden, you know, Biden has emphasized the need for common sense actions like universal background checks and banning assault weapons. The move reflects the ongoing debates between the Democrats favoring stricter gun laws and Republicans opposing them. I think it's it's the first time that the White House actually has uh, an established group or as they call it, the office to actually mm. tackle gun violence. And I think one is the right move by the Biden camp to do that now, right mm. before election. Uh, right. And two, it's something that it should have been done. Okay, like, I, I, you know, you know me, I am, look, if you want to have your gun, you can have your gun. But look, if you have a car, you got to have to, you have to go through tests and you have to pay a registration fee and you have to pass a test to even have a car. So why not do the same with guns, right? Yeah. yeah. And, now, I, and I know we, we, we agree on this, but there's no, I, I don't know, you tell me, but I don't think there's, why there's no need to have a hundred guns. You know, there's, there's, there's no, no there's need. Not. You're right. Because right. I think a lot of the Republican talking points, like, don't take my guns away. But it's like, oh, okay, like, okay, but just go ahead and reg register them. Are you yeah. okay to have a gun? And let's do a background check on you. You know, if, if I need a yeah. background check to work at a bank, then you need a background check to have a gun. Easy and it, does, it doesn't seem to me like a lot of these Republicans would really have a problem with background checks, do they? Well, a lot of them do, and a lot of Republican senators do because is it just the principle, it, or they feel like it, it's a fighting point against Democrats? For some reason, it's become so polarized that if they let themselves, the Democrats have this reform, then they feel like they may be losing. Mm. You know, so I don't know. Again, and assault weapons. I don't know why anyone needs an AK forty-seven. I'm sorry, but why does anyone need an AK forty-seven? 
I don't or, know. You know what I was thinking? Why do we have silencers? Why are silencers legal? Like, if someone goes to a gun store to buy, oh, I guess, sorry, maybe silencers are good for hunting. Sorry, now I feel dumb. But, mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's well, like, it's a like cars, like... you know? It, there's just something, there's something about your relationship with a machine that has the capacity to do something. Yeah, I guess. Outstanding, right? Like, like kill people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like a car. It's a pretty big invention when you think about it. Right, but again, you feel like you're wielding a lot of power. So my point, like, if you if you want a car, you do have to go through these steps to own that car and to be able to drive. Honestly, in in LA, I think it's too easy to get a license. Well, you you need you need insurance, right? Yeah, to, but to have no, a car. but I think like the driving test is way too easy. That's why people on the street do not know how to drive well. Well, especially I'm assuming especially in LA too. Yeah. Um, but no, I I agree. You know, I. I think it's the right move by by this administration to to finally try to enforce it, uh, and mm -hmm. I think a lot of people will be on board with this. It's not mm -hmm. they're not gonna take their guns away, but I do want to see how this plays out. I do agree with the universal background check. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I, what does know, that imply? Like, do you know what like what uh, if you're a felon, if you have a misdemeanor, can you not buy a gun? There, there's no concrete. I mean, this just came up. Uh, I think he announced it just today, Friday, September 22nd. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's nothing concrete yet. Uh, we only know that Kamala Harris is gonna is gonna lead uh, this well, office, this is... and and I feel like Biden was like, you know what, Kamala, like I'm gonna give you something to do. Go and ten yourself. <laughs> oh my God, sex is much. <laughs> okay, but okay, sorry, but. Have you seen Kamala Harris in the last like few years? I feel like I haven't seen either of those fools. I feel like they are such comedy fools. But that's the thing. Like, if they had been taking big steps like this on day one, I think that their PR would be much different. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. I. If he had entered office and announced this, I think right now me and you would be having a very different. Would have very different yeah. opinions about them both. He like, probably wow, forgot. <laughs> They really took initiative, but he forgot, you know, it took until now to remember that he was well, the there, president. There's a lot of things that, you know, they haven't mentioned that they're probably going to announce, you know, right before the elections, but. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a shame. It's a shame because. Shame, you... shame, 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 shame. 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 <laughs> no, for real. Because <laughs> if they had hit the ground and, and then started making announcements like this, then they might have actually stood a chance at make, being meaningful leaders. Instead, they yeah. just goof around for three years, and now they come out with this. We'll, we'll see what happens when Biden and Trump uh, debate each other and if that comes up. Do you think that'll happen? I think Biden's. I think Trump is definitely going to uh, gonna debate Biden. Uh, I think you know Trump right now, he's not debating the Republicans because there's no point for him. But do you think he'll keep that attitude when it comes to debating at all? Who, Trump or Biden? Trump. Yeah, I think so. I, th I, I no, I think he's gonna want to debate Biden. He want he's he needs to debate Biden because right now he wants to humiliate that fool. <laughs> look, after uh, to me, the best debate will always be the Hillary Trump debate. <laughs> so good. Uh, <laughs> That that that's some. We do all. I mean, I think we all do though. Want to see Trump roast, basically roast Biden, right? Because that's what that will be. 
Yeah, but I am excited to see. See, the only reason why I wanted Trump to debate against the Republicans because I do want to see him answer. You know, I want to see him answer the indictment charges and all that stuff. Because right now we've oh, only yeah. heard from his camp. We haven't heard from him directly. So I do want to see him in action to talk about it because his followers are definitely going to want to see how he reacts to that. But yeah, I, I just, guess, I just, yeah. I just want to see him make fat jokes about Chris Christie. Oh, <laughs> uh, or yeah, that's, that was some, that's all I'm missing. Yeah. <laughs> talking about, talking about Democrats and Republicans, uh, Pew Research Center reports reveals that public trust in the federal government has hit an all-time low. Very surprising. Uh, with just 16% of U.S. adults expressing trust in the government, the lowest in nearly 70 years of polling. The I, love the, I love the implied like 16% that are like, I love my government. They take care. <laughs> they take good, good care of me. <laughs> it's like literally all the dying people. Um, I trust them so much. <laughs> the, the decline in, in trust is attributed to increased political polarization where the both Democrats and Republicans view the opposite party with skepticism or disgust. Disgust. <laughs> the study deep shows revulsion, deep revulsion. <laughs> the study shows widespread dissatisfaction with the American political system, including frustration with the influence of money in elections and partisan conflicts. That snapped to that because I 100% agree with this. A significant majority of Americans, 65%, often feel exhausted by U.S. politics, while 55 report feeling angry, and only 10% feel hopeful. Me. Oh, see, I like the 10% here, too. I like the minority <laughs> in this poll. <laughs> <laughs> They're just, like, little sad, like... I'm all about the naivete. <laughs> They're like hopeless romantics of politics. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the hopeless romantic. That's how they should have done it. A Pew Research poll shows that 10% of Americans are hopeless romantics when it comes to the government system. <laughs> Literally. Uh, the report also highlights growing dissatisfaction with both major political parties, with only 37% having a favorable view of the Democratic Party and 36% favoring the Republican Party. A notable 28% dislike both parties. Uh, a fourfold increase since 1994. Additionally, only 4% of Democrats and 13% of Republicans are very satisfied with the 2024 presidential candidates, suggesting low enthusiasm for the upcoming election. I mean, this is really all not surprising whatsoever. <laughs> No, not at all. What is surprising is how even it, it is. I mean, right. last yeah. week when we talked about this poll that said, um, you know, 550,000% of women uh, find it a turnoff when somebody's votes for Trump. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that was very biased because here we're seeing that the statistics in this poll shows that equal, there's a sort of equality between people that... <clears throat> It seems like it, yeah. And honestly, Democrat. like again, it's 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 all the polls. But look, I I agree. I, I think in order to to get rid of the two political two party political system, there needs to be a lot of work, right? And mm -hmm. I feel like when there's a third party, people get bashed on uh, mm -hmm. when they want to vote for a third for a third party. <laughs> but Losers. I think it would be. I think it, if we could somehow come up with a solution to have like four parties, that'd be great. Mm. why not six why not six i mean uh, countries in south america have and all over the world have more than two parties they have six parties they have more yeah 
<laughs> Why not 10? <laughs> Why not 10? Why not 20 parties? Why not every senator is their own party? Party. <laughs> but honestly, I, mean, yeah. I think a, a lot of these states are like their own their own little country. Like, you know, Utah, you know, they're always they always vote the same, you know? So yeah. I feel like they would yeah. benefit from having a third party, uh, mm. third party elected official. And mm. we also have a senator who I believe she decided to go to make herself uh, a third party instead of Democrat. Mm. Is that that <laughs> that independent that we used to talk about a lot? Um, no. Uh, what was her? Oh, my God. No, she was running for for president, right? Yeah. My, Marianne. Um, <laughs> no, Marion Williamson is registered Democrat, but there was... It was, Marian, it was her, wasn't it? No, Marion Williamson's a registered Democrat. Oh, okay. Never mind. But her party would probably be like the Love Party. The love <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, Marion Williamson, the Love Party. The Love the Party. The free love party. Yeah. I remember when Mar- the I love Marion Williamson. The, the chakra cleansing party. <laughs> when Marianne, how are you gonna defeat Trump? I am going to defeat Trump with love because love. <laughs> trumps or whatever <laughs> the crystal singing bowl party <laughs> she takes like a bowl and starts making like that like noise like it's like this is how we'll defeat trump with love and with pure love <laughs> i love it good for her, good for her. that's good me for good for her. laughing at that that's so nice yeah good for Maria. i hope it works yeah I do. I hope it works. All right. Uh, so I think we pretty much covered everything, folks. Um, everything that matters in the political sphere. Yeah. You know what? I thought this news. And I Sorry, I'm like, like all tired. I got so mad about that artistic one. I'm all like, <laughs> like I need a nap now. <laughs> it really took your energy. It really sapped me with your energy. I honestly, out of all the, I need cards, to go I cry. I need to go cry this one out. Out of all the cards, I didn't think out of all these topics, I didn't think this one. It was like the most innocuous. <laughs> it's like the most innocuous card. <laughs> it's not even American news. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, that was funny. So anyway, right. now uh, on this episode, I am going to say you can follow us on at the Sunny and Emmy show on Instagram and at the Sunny and Emmy show on YouTube. Whenever I, awesome. I, I say I say at, I feel like a boomer. <laughs> at. No, it, it sounds good. That yeah, sounds good. But thank you so much for listening, and we'll we'll see you, we'll see next, you week. next week. <laughs>